The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that Armadillo have a very distinctive laugh? Unfortunately, it's such a high register that only sheep can hear it, and sheep have terrible senses of humor. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Jeff- Hashtag wake up, sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> For more Armadillo facts, and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover the prologue through just the prologue, because it's really long, <laughs> of Winter's Heart, book nine of The Wheel of Time. Last time. Previously, NDA with, uh, let's be honest, what is getting to be a little bit of a bloated roster, uses the gusty cup or whatever <laughs> to fix the weather. Finally. There's a whole thing where Moradin's hunting them or something, but it never comes up again. So I guess he got distracted. I don't know. Uh, anyway, then the Shanshan attack. So the so they all capital T travel over to Andor, where Elaine reclaims the throne or begins to reclaim the throne because she wants to, not because Rand asked her to, just to be clear. Uh, speaking of yeah. Andoran queens, Perrin's tavernning around Gildan and accidentally picks up Morghese, the former queen of Andor, who's doing a terrible job posing as a commoner. She's like, look at me, everybody. I'm a poor. That's what, <laughs> that's what I assume Morgay sounds like. Uh, also, the Queen of Gildan swears fealty to parents, so I think he's like an emperor now or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Right? That's really something. He's not even a king. I mean, now? I mean, isn't, is, he a, is he a king by virtue of having a vassal who is a queen? Well, I, it depends who you ask, because some people, if you ask him, he'll, they'll say he's just a blacksmith. <laughs> if you ask him that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally uh, only he's, him. He's the lord of the two rivers. But I mean, now he's the king of the two rivers. This two river, how big does your territory have to be to qualify as being a king instead of a lord? I think it has to have at least two rivers. <laughs> well, he's got both of those covered. So there we go. I mean, isn't, isn't there a king of sea land, which is just like a building in the middle of the ocean? Yeah. yeah, but I think I think that's just a guy sitting in a house in a building in the middle of the ocean. I mean, isn't that what every king is if you get right down to it, Jeff? I guess so. Wow. You blew my mind. <laughs> anyway. Uh, meanwhile, through an amazing feat of rules lawyering, Egwene becomes the king of the wizards and decides that they're going to capital T travel, teleport or whatever, right on over to Tarvalon to get their siege underway. Uh, and then finally, Rand spends pretty much the whole book uh, skirmishing around with the Shan Chan, and it goes pretty well until the end when Rand accidentally zorches half his army with the calendar sword or whatever it's called, uh, which in <laughs> uh, is I guess kind of a whoopsie doodle. Uh, yeah, th- th- it's time to check the calendar sword to see what day is it. Oh, today's the day we kill all my friends. <laughs> uh, so returning to his home base, Rand is then ambushed by Corlin, totally not a forsaken Dashiva, as he's known among his friends. And uh, mm. some other traitorous murder wizards. And that's kind of where it leaves off. So just a quick run through, because I know that we're all over the place now. Uh, our core team's current whereabouts. So NDA is in Andor, helping Elaine reclaim the throne. 
uh, or claim. I guess she's never had the throne. So I just, she's just claiming it, not reclaiming it. I don't know. Yeah. Sort of. Preclaiming it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Egwene is laying siege to Tarvalon. Uh, Perrin nabbed the prophet Masima, but he lost Fael to some Shido Raiders. Which, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, Fael got kidnapped by Shido Raiders. That happened too. God, those poor Raiders. I know, right? <laughs> they did not realize what they're getting into. Uh, yeah. Moraine is still Puddle Goo. Uh, Rand is on the run from, I guess, everyone now. And Matt is presumably still flat. Um, and right. last but not least, Bella is hanging out near Tarvalon. She's with the rebel Aes Sedai, but not really like participating in the siege because she's more of a pacifist, honestly. Yeah, she's with them, but she's not with them, right? <laughs> she's a conscientious subjector, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. That's everyone. <laughs> everyone who matters. I don't know. There's a lot of characters. <laughs> well done. So now is the time when we judge this book. The best way there is to judge a book by the cover. That's right. So and this cover is a pretty good one, I think. It, it may it makes Perrin look a little too elfin for my tastes. Yeah, what is that? I, I had I had the exact same feeling about it. Is it? It's not his ears because his ears aren't pointy exactly. Though they do kind of look pointy because of his hair. Maybe it's his eyes. Yeah, he's got. I don't know. He's got elfy eyes. He's got an and, elfy uh, face. They give him sort of a wispy mustache. Yeah. yeah just, I mean, is that racist? Can, can we say that? He's got an elfy face. <laughs> I mean, do we, if we have any elf listeners, I'm sure they, they'll tell us. But, uh, you know, <laughs> right. we don't if we don't send our podcast to any stinking elves. <laughs> uh, um, but you can tell it's him because of the way he's walking with that, uh, that axe that, you, that is clearly much heavier than a hammer or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's metaphorically heavier than a hammer. Oh, wait, is that a metaphor? I, th- I thought he meant literally. No, no, it's the, the, the hammer's heavier than the axe, but the axe is heavier than the hammer, if you know what I mean, bro. <laughs> that's, right? that's right. That's how the saying goes. This is really interesting that the cover focuses on Perrin, because that would imply that this is a very Perrin-focused book. Yeah, hopefully it is. Yeah, Perrin's yeah. awesome. But I'm, I'm looking, because I Googled just different covers, and the only other, other Winter's Heart cover I saw that actually had art on it um, it shows somebody that has to be, must be Rand because he's redheaded. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. So I, I know that we don't know, we, this is probably Masima, but I got to say, like, if you look at the art, like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this guy. Like, is he actually riding that horse? He's, he kind of looks like he's surfing on, on an it? elevator behind the horse. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surfing on it. I, oh, yeah, like maybe he's standing next to it and he's just like crazy tall. I mean, we'll have to maybe just wait and see, but like, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's one of Perrin's new companions in this is the, the guy with the double length legs. That's right. He just has these six foot legs. He's a normal guy, though. That's just, Jeff, that's ridiculous. He's probably just walking on stilts. <laughs> so chapter the prologue. Snow, icon of the Wheel of Time. This is a long prologue. Yeah, uh, which I, I think is kind of a a Robert Jordan deal, but I think they're getting longer. Like, I feel like most of the prolog- prologues have been long-ish, but this yeah. is like a very long prologue. It's like he, he just he has all the stuff that he wants to say, but he doesn't have a chapter to put it in. So he just puts all the stuff here. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because like prologues – in the in some of the earlier books were kind of recap, but he stopped doing that. So I don't. It doesn't feel like he has like a really good excuse for this. Like this prologue probably could have been three chapters, you know? 
Yeah, let's talk about the Corinthian cycle at the beginning because it was very biblical. I went up, I went back and I looked at Revelations because in the Corinthian cycle, it's in the heart of winter shall winter's heart be born for winter's heart shall ride a black horse and the name of it is death, capital D. And in Revelations, it's, and I looked and behold a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him. Ah, so very similar. Yeah. 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 And the, and in this is that all, all yours says? Because mine also has some lines about amid the wailing of lamentations and the gnashing of teeth. Yeah, it had that, but that didn't match with the revelation, so I didn't put it down. It might, it did remind me of, is it Rambo? Hear the lamentations of their women? <laughs> that's, that's Conan. That's Conan. Conan, sorry. That's a big difference. God, Alice. <laughs> sorry, I wasn't a boy in the 80s. <laughs> but Rambo and Conan? Oh, God. All right, it's fine. It's They're fine. both five-letter names. That are about like big brawny adventure guys in 80s movies. There's only one of those fights for the Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Rambo. Oh, okay. Anyway. So, yeah, back to the prologue. So we start with Cian's crew. Um, yeah. Cian and Pavara, who are our favorite bad Aes Sedai. They're bad because they're with the tower. Yeah, yeah. But not because they're bad, because they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, because they're cool. This is a great uh, well, start. Well, I mean... They were They're cool, not. but then then they kind of tortured this person until she swore mind control oaths to them. Uh, all right, look. And this was a bad person, yeah, right? Yeah. They're doing it to. Yeah. Yeah, I, but okay. Pretty harsh. The, this whole so-called chair of remorse is so fucked up. So they have this woman sitting in the chair, bound in the chair, mm-hmm. and she's seeing, and she's either about to be put in a trollic cooking pot or raped by a Mirdral after being eaten by beaten by Trollocs. And then they tell her that they're going to have her go through that over and over and over again. And like, I'm sorry, but in any world, like threatening somebody like that, even if it's not really real is so fucked up. Hey, you're just going to be raped for forever by this monster. If the experience is indistinguishable, then like. It is real. Then, then it is real, right? She has those real memories. She's going to have real PTSD about this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't care how evil someone is. And, like, they're not even sure. They're not even positive. It's so but, fucked up. But yeah. all they're asking her to do is, like, swear not to lie to them, right? And obey them completely and fully. Well, that's not part of the original thing. I mean, we know that but, eventually that's where they're going with it. But that's not what they're originally asking. They're just like, all we're trying to get you to do is swear not to lie to us. And she's like, no, I won't do that. Well, another interesting thing, too, is they make her, she has to disavow, like, the three the, the three oaths, right? Like, first she has to be released no, from them, right? So she can re-swear them again? It's. I think they want her to uh, disavow all oaths because they think she's made oaths to the Black Aja. Which okay. she has. But they even say that, like, people have died, like, I said I have died from doing that before. Apparently, it's an extremely risky thing to do. Is to it? force somebody to do. Yeah, yeah they it's, said it's very it was. painful. She has this crazy seizure and everybody freaks out. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. So they're they're being extremely, extremely rough on her. And, you know, they, this group is indistinguishable from Black Aja, except we know they're not Black Aja. Yeah. Well, they all, they all did the oath thing, right? So everyone here is like past the Black Aja test at this point. Right, yeah. Uh, which I still think they're clever for having sorted this out, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I get where you're coming from with this, like, VR torture deal. Yeah. It's like a beanbag chair. It sounds like it's a beanbag chair, right? They let- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, 
they, she thinks they call it a chair, but it doesn't look like a chair, but it molds itself to shape your, to fit your body. And that describes a beanbag chair. That's or what it I was could be thinking. like a memory foam one, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah, memory yeah. foam pillow left over from the age of legends. Maybe it's just like a recliner and nobody knows how to put it back in vertical position anymore. <laughs> I mean, you got to wonder, was this thing just used, was this just like a TV from like another era and that they're using it for torture, but it was like, it was really just like a TV. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a little vague because yeah. Do they just, wow. Wouldn't that be crazy if it's something that could create any experience in someone's mind and they just use it to torture like thieves from Tarvalon? Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Like, the, 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 I mean, this is not the first time that I said I have used a thing for the, probably the wrong thing or, you know. I have no well, idea what it's was, actually supposed to do, right? I was kind of thinking that they didn't actually have a lot of choice in what experience it gives them. Like there's a setting for thief and there's a setting for, I don't know, murderer. And then there's a setting for Trollic Cookpot. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, Slash like. Slash mere draw rape. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so they, they break Talin, who apparently is super Black Aja. And she immediately fingers Elida as Black Aja. Which, okay, we, I, it's hard to keep track at this point, but we are pretty sure that's not true, right? Like, no, yeah, we know that's not true. Okay, we know for a fact that's not true. I know, I know it's that it's Alviarin. Well, Alviarin is Black Aja. I remember the Alviarin is, but I couldn't remember if we knew for a fact that, because the Black Aja doesn't always know who the other Black Aja are, but you're right. The way Alviarin interacts with Elida, she's definitely not Black Aja. She's evil yeah. in a different kind of way, but she's not Black Aja. <laughs> I was definitely getting a little bit of a like George Bush, Dick Cheney kind of vibe going on there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like they've got a pretty impossible job, but I do think that they're actually like making pretty impressive headway here, considering like if I were going into this, I wouldn't even know, wouldn't even have known where to begin, you know? And I feel like at this point, they've got what, like half a dozen people that they know aren't Black Aja and now are like on their team, sort of. Yeah, they kind of got lucky, I think. Because their their plan was to catch people out in a lie based on what they had written, um, and they that didn't work at all. They they caught some rebels. Yeah. But what actually happened here was they got completely busted by their boss, and their bosses just got on board with the the plan and took over. That's true. Wait. Oh yeah, because these are tower sitters, right? Like. Uh, yeah, these are sitters. Cian or, and Navar no, aren't are, right. Are they sitters or are they Aja heads? I I forget. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, and so, but the the circle is widening. Um, a whole lot of names are thrown at us in this whole prologue. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I I kept thinking, like, I read this two months ago. How could somebody who was reading this two years after the previous book remember any of these people? You'd have to go look it up, right? Like, I I, I had to go look it up uh, for some of these people. Uh, I've been I using that app. app. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Alice turned us onto this app called the was it the Watt Companion? What compendium? Compendium, yeah, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it does this this handy thing where you can tell it where you are in the series and then search your name, so it won't spoil things for you, which is great for us who are reading it for the first time. Well, one of the things that was mildly irritating for me is, yeah, I was looking up all these names, um, and a lot of times these were literally their names were only mentioned in the prologue of the entire book and nowhere else. So it's kind of like, why aren't I even bothering? You know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, there are a lot yeah. of people who are only mentioned the prologue and then never again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to – so to answer your question, Jeff, I feel like you've got to have some sort of assistance or aid because at this point there are so many names to keep track of, you know? Yeah. And some of them are only mentioned in passing. And this book came out in what, 2003? I don't think there was a Watt Compendium at that point. 
There's not? No. I just assumed that it was like the wheel. It's always there and never there. It's always been there. 2000, actually. Anyway. This book is 2000. 2000. Anyway, so, uh, so this group gets to scheming. And yeah. they're uh, they're they're gonna follow this black aja wherever it leads. Yeah, and you know this this is this is great. I think when uh, when Egwene eventually retakes the tower or whatever is gonna happen, uh, it'll be good to have like a core group of people that she knows are okay. If it's true, I don't know how she'll know that they're okay. Although these people, all these people that swore oaths to obey them are screwed because all Egwene needs to do is get them the ringleader is to swear an oath to her and then she owns all those people. Yeah, that's great, right? <laughs> if you like Egwene. I hate Egwene. I, I'm terrified of her. I think she's great. Egwene, I, I used to hate Egwene but now I'm like totally on board with Egwene. She's like clever and figuring stuff out. Go, go Egwene. So, meanwhile, Elaine is consolidating power in Camelon with Dielan and Brigitte. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, uh, Brigitte... <laughs> Brigitte's getting an estate, <laughs> like she's a, a a lady now or something. Yeah, and because Elaine wants her to be Elaine's captain general. Do you have to be a lady for the, that? Uh, I guess probably. Uh-huh. You know, because you have to you have to have some sort of rank to get all those crappy noble officers to listen to you. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, I guess I just assumed it was like a perk of being friends with the uh, the Queen of Andor. Yeah, but this Thank makes you. it official. Wait, how can she give someone an estate if she's not actually the queen yet? That's a good question. <laughs> huh. Huh. Eh, it's not important. That's... Well, Elaine has her own estates, which are like the Trekhand estates. So maybe they just she just sliced her off a piece of House Trekhand. Really? I just, I don't think I'd do that. I, I mean, she's probably got enemies. She should probably just take one away from her enemies, right? It's, I mean, if... <laughs> Maybe she did that. Yeah. But this is, you know, Birgitta, the hero of legend, who you've also bonded with a mind control bond. Like, if you can't trust her, who can you trust? <laughs> That's a good point. And uh, so Elaine wants to basically hire a bunch of mercenaries to intimidate all of her political rivals. And Dylan and Birgitta don't like this idea, but Elaine wants to go through with it. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I feel like I see where she's coming from. Like, at this point... You know the 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 primary force of the queen is the royal guard, but we know that um, what's his name, uh, Robin or Gabriel? Yeah, he basically like ousted the entire guard and filled it with like shitty evil dudes. So she's relatively weak from a military perspective. Yeah, I I think that's. I mean, I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but it seems a little silly because she could snap her fingers at Rand and have like a hundred thousand Aiel here. Tomorrow, I, I I agree with you, Jeff, on in some ways. But I think what I've intuited from what the others are saying is that Andorans don't like that shit. And that's how you get overthrown. And it's true that but, like the the Aiel would make it very hard to overthrow. But she also doesn't want the Aiel to kill like, you know, 10,000 of her. But don't d- don't you have all those problems with a bunch of mercenaries, too? Yes, and that's kind of what they're saying. Is and and she's like, well, maybe this is like a temporary thing, as like just a holdover. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I don't know if the mercenaries are better than the Aiel, but I do think that people probably fear the Aiel uh, and don't and distrust the Aiel possibly more than a bunch of mercenaries. I don't know. Yeah, especially since you can not- put the mercenaries in livery, and the Aiel probably won't go for that. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm not so sure about Birgitta being a worthwhile general. 
hopefully you get like a Matt situation where she has all these useful memories. Uh, I don't know. I think Birgitta's saying that she's not a worthwhile general. She's like, look, <laughs> I'm an archer and I'm really, really a good archer, but like, uh, not so much with like leading soldiers, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's no bloody hero. Yeah. General Birgitta, uh, what do we do? The enemy is moving on our right flank. Um, I'm going to shoot them all from really far away. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the, the rate is slow, but very effective. I don't know. I mean, it depends on how many there are, yeah. I guess. Uh, so I think that's questionable. Elaine also mentions in passing that she wants Nynaeve to be her official Aes Sedai advisor. Yeah. Okay, hold on. That's a bad idea. I guess she feels like she dominates Nynaeve now, but yeah, the, I don't know about that. The thing about Nynaeve is that she's tr she can trust her, and I think that's really what she wants right now like the list of Aes Sedai that she can trust who aren't the the king of the wizards like Egwene is is like what naive right yeah she's completely trustworthy she's completely loyal and she will give you her her opinion she's not going to try to make it pretty you know and yeah. I think these are things that Elaine values right now yeah I guess you're right it just seems like you also need subtlety and restraint from an advisor which I mean, do you need it from have. an advisor? You need it from like diplomats, but I don't know if you need an advisor. Well, you need her not screaming obscenities mm -hmm. at your, the people you meet with. <laughs> well, you can't have everything. Yeah. 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 Just lock her in a room and like go talk to her. Just don't let her in public, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the idea. She's a private advisor. Or uh, just have Lan around to stup her so she's in a better mood. <laughs> that's Actually, true. You know, honestly, Maybe that's the plan. That's a good point, right? If you get naive, that means you also get Lan. True. Yeah, it's like a real two for one. Yeah. Fuck, make uh, him the captain of the guard. Right. Elaine mentions at one point that she's like kind of missing Tom, and I, I think it like this is exactly when she, who she needs right now. Like Tom would yes. be able to like. He, first of all, he's like an expert in the with the game of houses or whatever it's called. And uh, mm -hmm. in political maneuvering in general. And he's also kind of an expert, expert in Andor because he was like the queen's consort for forever. Yeah, right? specifically, he played the game in Andor for a long time. Yeah, like wherever Tom is, I guess he's underneath Matt and also flat or something. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's too bad he's not here because this would be a very uh, he'd be a very useful person to have, I think. Absolutely. She's also trying to get Gawain back. Which could her. Could be a good or a bad thing. I like Gawain is very loyal, and and he currently thinks Elaine is dead, right? Right. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a total win because Gawain is good to have on your side, and the reason he's freaking out is because he thinks Elaine is dead, and because it also just, adds more legitimacy, I think, to her claim to the throne. No, that's if a good you point. have you yeah. know close relatives around backing it up, yeah, but, but we don't. Do we even know where he is? Like the last I remember hearing from him was like at the Battle of Demise Wells, which is like three books ago or something, right? Yeah, and he was pissing off back to Tarvalon. Okay, so he's probably huh. on. Is he in Tarvalon? Have we heard? Do we know? I assume so. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a little like a fun little aside. I love that Elaine is still working on her cursing, right? And she says, <laughs> like, she says, "Mother's milk in a cup." And the everyone around her is like, whoa. And I was like, I guess that's basically the equivalent of like saying, ah, titty juice. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not horrified. They're just like, what? Like, <laughs> all right. All right, man. Where'd you learn that one? <laughs> Where does she pick these up? 
Yes, I enjoy Elaine's cursing too. Yeah. Speaking of random ass stuff, so she talks about how her and Birgit's like menstrual cycles are are meeting up. <laughs> okay, and, and like I I actually assumed this was the case because I know this happens with women anyway, right? Like if they hang out a lot, then occasionally those sync up. But like I, I did know. a deep dive into this. I oh, did a do. super deep dive into this. Tell me. And basically, that's bullshit. Like. There have been studies done over the decades, but the most recent studies done in the 2000s have found that that is not the case at all. And it's something that's very hard to measure anyway, because women don't have an exact, you know, number of days when, you know, exact number of days for when each part of that is happening. So it's nonsense. It's just BS. It is totally BS. Even though I imagine when he wrote them, there have been studies that incorrectly um, gave legitimacy to this idea. So that might be what he was going off of at the time. Well, I have lots of anecdotal evidence to support it, which, you know, everyone knows that anecdotal evidence is much better than data. So <laughs> especially when it comes to science. Right, exactly. What do scientists know? Ass- I have a I'm friend assuming who told this involves this. Your, your wife and her two sisters. Uh, no, but other, other, uh, other people that have lived together at various times. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never I, I experienced this phenomenon. Many years ago, I, I mentioned something about that from when, back when Karina was living with her sister, and she looked at me like I was an idiot. Really? Yes. Yeah, look it up. Menstrual synchronicity. It's not a thing. It's just, it's just like a thing that fools believe, apparently. I, I, yeah, I, I, believe it, I, I believe this until today I learned, you know? So thank you for that, yeah. Alice. That's, yeah, that's, but, yeah, but that's in a, this case, there's a magic bond between Elaine and Birgitta. Right. And, and the magic bond, like, apparently it's a hormonal bond. <laughs> That's why they share each other's emotions. Yeah. And so they share each other's cycles, too. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, this study was sense. never done of women who were bonded to each other. So, yeah, using know. magic. For that's, all we that's, know. Yeah. Th- that's the flaw in this study, obviously. The, the next we're going to find is that uh, when one of them gets pregnant, they both do. <laughs> oh, God. E, uh, <laughs> yeah. Awkward. I mean, if if they are they do have the synchrony, then they would have the same ovulation period. So I guess they could get pregnant at the same time. Yeah, that's true. But then in the meeting of this big meeting with <laughs> Elaine, uh, the sea folk barge in. Oh God, I know. Right, to, and they totally just, trick her. Yeah, just to like mess with her, really. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they they kind of disrespect her, and they demand that she produce a bunch of Sedai to teach them. And then she suggests that she suggests that some Isidai could go spend some time with her sometimes with them, and they're they, they're like the wishmaster. They're like done. Mm-hmm. We got you. Yeah. Well, that's I, what it, Matt did to them. Yeah, sort of. No, no. He he just tovered them. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, but he kind of got them to kind of agree to something, and then he did the whole like lip thing, and we're like, oh no, takesies backsies, which is what yeah, they just did to Elaine. He did do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I yeah I I found this actually pretty frustrating because like it's a delicate situation and like what do you even do in this in a situation like this you can't tell them to what? fuck off because you kind of need them right well I'd say tell them to fuck off because you don't have twenty Sedai right now you're not even in Tarvalon yeah and they're they're just being unreasonable they can be unreasonable all they want you're still not breaking the deal mm-hmm. I guess so yeah I, I, we still need their ships though right. Yeah, but if they take back their ships, then they're breaking the deal, you know? Yeah, that's true. 
So then, the then after the the sea folk barge in, then a bunch of murder wizards barge in. Yeah, the the murder wizard supreme comes in. I was like, dude, does she need to start little guys? Does she need to start locking her fucking door because like this is ridiculous? She has yeah. people that are supposed to stop these people, but I guess, I guess the the her door people got tricked by the sea folk, and then you know what are you going to do about the three murder wizards? They they go where they want pretty much. Yeah, or they'll make your head explode. So you know what are you what are you going to do? But uh, but Tame is coming to mess with her too. Um, she summoned him, and he's uh you know taking a sweet time. Apparently, Tame has a four mile area of Andor. He's like built, he's like, yeah, she's like, he's got a compound now and he doesn't allow anyone into it. Like that's, that's pretty sketchy. Yeah. That is super sketchy. Elaine makes him agree to some oversight uh, of what's going on in the, the murder wizard compound. Yeah. Uh, But Elaine is Mm -hmm. just really weak. Yeah. You know, these people are just sort of pushing her around. Yeah. I was, I was, I was thinking about this, like reading this chapter, going into this from the last book, I was like, this is going to be a, uh, like a, uh, this is going to be easy, right? Like Elaine's the obvious, obvious case for this. Let's like move on. Right. But her, her situation is, is pretty bad. Like Robin has effectively shattered the seat of power in Andor because all of the, like all of her cohesion is be- built on this, like this noble, uh, this, this loyalty among nobility. And Robin basically broke that by, you know, sending a bunch of people away, like, uh, you know, punishing people for nothing. Like he, he made Andor so weak with this that like, it's actually kind of, it's like, she's picking up the pieces of her country at this point. Um, and, and if yeah. you think about it, like she has a, an excellent, uh, reminder of how tenuous the bonds of, of a cohesion of a country can be just looking at Kyrie right? Like Kyrie fell apart and is sort of coming back together, but you know, and that was just because the King died. Yeah. So that's what she's trying to prevent from happening. But she has, she's got her own house, sort of. Uh, they haven't mm-hmm. you know, really heard from them yet. And she's got Dialin, and that's it. And everybody knows that she knows Rand. That's right. Yeah. That's that, that that's yeah. all she's got going for her, which is not not fantastic. Yeah. And I, I it, it makes my eyes roll that she's not leaning on Rand, or at least the Aiel more, because everybody's going to think that she works for Rand anyway, no matter what she yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think in her mind, knowing endurance, she if she wants to be taken with any legitimacy, then she has to prove that she's an independent ruler. They like endurance won't support a puppet. Is what they, I think they expressly say. Endurance won't support a puppet. Yeah, I, I don't find that believable at all. <laughs> They'll support a puppet with a hundred thousand Aiel warriors. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess like to a point, right? Like. They'll they'll pay lip service to that person, but that doesn't mean they're going to show up on the day to fight if if they if they need them to, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. But they're not showing up now, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's all butt hurt about like, oh, you know, Rand isn't going to hand me the throne. It's like, no, your mother did. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah, like you didn't earn this, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you you just started working on this throne. Come on. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah. then, uh, but. Yeah, speaking of people who shouldn't be going in and out of her fucking chamber. I know. know. The wise ones show up to mess with her. I know. And then they're like, okay. I know, this is so bad. Like I forgot how much. (laughs) They make her strip in front of everyone because the wise ones are like really big on humiliation, right? Like that's their whole deal. Yeah, this is their thing. They make her strip in front of everybody in that room, including Tame, um, and including the sea folk. 
and all the women team up to like stand in front of her so the tame can't see. Which I don't know. That seems weird. Yeah, it's a little. The whole thing was a little ridiculous. The whole ridiculous, thing was but, cringy. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the wise ones are there to take her to an official sisterhood ceremony with Avienda, wherein we learn that sisterhood is magic. Yeah, I, I actually kind of <gasps> like this whole sister making thing. Okay, it's super weird. Obviously, like this is a very weird ceremony, but I mean, it's not necessarily more weird than any other of the other random crap that <laughs> these people get up to. I don't know. This I thought this was really weird. Yeah, because you it was get, so cringy. You get naked and then you insult your sister, say the worst thing you can think of, and there's all this stuff like if you don't do exactly what we say, then we'll never do the ceremony ever ever again. That's a, that's a stupid wise one thing for sure. Which is a stupid wise one thing. And then there's this mm-hmm. bit where like. They have to slap each other as hard as they can. And I was thinking, like, this is just the wise ones messing with them. This has nothing to do with the magic. The wise ones are just making them hit each other for their own amusement. I I mean, clearly the wise ones are amused by it. Like, they're talking about how they're, like, laughing about some of this stuff. But, but Right. So they get them naked. They ask them a bunch of, like, middle school magazine questions like so what do you like best about each other what do you hate about each other yeah i know yeah. it's like like never have i ever right yeah it was so dumb i i, I think what was, I, it? what was the other one there were some good questions uh, what is the most childish thing you know about them and then obviously is like elaine gobbles her sweets like a pig she's gonna be fat yeah <laughs> she didn't have to say it was it like just so that. dumb <laughs> No, no. I mean, like, yes, it's it's silly, it but I get what they're going for, though, right? Like, the the idea is that they're like they're trying to uh, they're trying to like get the worst out of the air. Is like, if you're okay with this, and it doesn't matter anymore, right? Like, it's a bonding but, thing, sort of. But I then there it. actually is a magical component here, yeah. Where the wise ones yeah. are weaving magic, <laughs> and I guess they yeah got to go through the birth canal, right? They 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 get reborn. I'd be like. It was so a little weird. unclear to me. Did they actually come out of Amis's vagina? Yeah, obviously. Both we, of them? How else are they going <laughs> to... Okay, Jeff, I'm sorry. I didn't know how to explain this because you have two kids, but <laughs> I mean, this is where babies come from, Jeff. But first of all, those kids started in there, right? They never, like... <laughs> That's true. They didn't get in there, right? And second of all, those kids were very small. Those kids were like six pounds each when they came out. And they came out separated by a year. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the, at the beginning, they was like, Amos, have you done this before? And she's like, yeah, I've had kids before. So she's already ready to go. That's what they're saying. I'd be like, they, they turn around and Amos has been torn in half. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I assume that they don't actually come out of her, but you know, I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's all some kind of magic thing. And that now they have like a sisterly bond, mm-hmm. which uh, I have a sister. I don't think we have a psychic bond. Wait, you don't? I, I don't know what she's up to right now at all. I have a psychic bond with my sister. She's sleeping right now. <laughs> but uh, so I, I think this is how Elaine is going to rule. She's going to find every important person in the world and she's going to get some kind of magical bond with them. That's she a has good a warder idea, bond right? with Birgitta. She's going to get a warrior bond with uh, warder bond with Rand too. That's her plan. And now she has a magic sister bond with Avienda. Who else she's do you think bond everybody list? she knows? She's got to get Egwene. That's the big one, right? Like if she can get some kind of like magic bond with Egwene, then she's then she's got the ice to die. Cuz yeah, we know absolutely. you know that Egwene's out there making everyone swear fealty like swear magic oath of fealty to her, right? Yeah. What's her, what's Egwene's total at right now? Like, what, half a dozen, a dozen? How many sisters has she got in her pocket? 
I, at least three, but maybe more than that. Yeah, she's got, um, what's her name? The one that I think is a dark friend, the redheaded one that was the schoolman, Sherryum. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Anyway, so that's the, the ceremony, and now we're done with Elaine. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> let's leave that there and move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then Tovin Gazal, who is that Rejaja sister that got captured by Loghain, uh, is hanging out in the Black Tower compound and is now a mind slave of Loghain. You know, I mean, like, this could be a lot worse, right? Like, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, as mind slavery goes, this is pretty nice, actually. Yeah, I mean, like, this is some very light mind enslavement. You know, it's not like the Shanchan or anything, right? Like, yes, she has to do whatever he says, and she can't defy him. And if she even thinks about doing anything wrong her body defies her and does whatever he says i mean that's not fantastic but at least like you know she gets a bed and stuff right yeah yeah that's true she even um, gets to keep her own was, name yeah <laughs> that's pretty good she can channel a little bit to like help her around the house a bit i guess that's something yeah she she can do it to heat heat water no right heat drinks is yeah. that it i can't remember that's not much so anyway the black tower is really big now it's a big old compound yeah. Um, uh, it's kind of like a little city of its own full of murder wizards. Yeah, it's really it's uh, it's it's fascinating seeing it come together because they're actively building the city with like s- districts and stuff. They're like, "Oh, this is the craft district and things like that." Yeah. So, speaking of how nice Tovain Gazal has it, on her way to go meet Loghain in the morning, she gets chased by dogs through the street. Yeah. Yeah, and she can't channel to drive them away because that's not on the list of things she can do. Right, yes. And there she discovers that, A, Loghain has a faction within the Black Tower, Mm -hmm. which is useful. Uh, I think that's good. I think these are going to be like good guy faction as opposed to Tame's bad guy faction, which is like everybody else. Uh Uh-huh, I think you're right. And also the other Aes Sedai that is Loghain's mind slave, Gabriel, is porking him for information. Yeah, and you know, you can't really blame her because he is like hot with three keys, right? Like we know that Loghain is like, oh, yeah. Even Tovain, who's like a total man hater, and she's like, she's not a lesbian. She thinks, but I like, you know, I like boys. You know, I like that's what turns me on. Even she, like, every time she sees Loghain, she's like, hmm, his hair sure is glossy. Those shoulders, <laughs> those broad shoulders. I mean, if you weren't like a, a a corrupt and evil like person destined for madness, I I would, I would <laughs> yeah, you know, I would. And he seems like a pretty nice guy, actually. Yeah. And uh, apparently a pretty pretty amazing lay, according to uh, the other one. Oh, yeah. Gabrielle. Yeah, according to Gabrielle. He's a really good lay. She's like, I had no idea it could be like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like he was stronger than me. It was good. Like, okay, Gabrielle. <laughs> good talk. Uh, back I, to that scheme. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because, like, you know, we're, in, we're, we're following Tavain here, and she's got some, like, so we're, we're, we're seeing things from her perspective. And first of all, she has some like dark revenge sounding thoughts. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if she's black Oz or not, but she's got some like, some like violent evil going on in the back of her brain. But also she's like cataloging everyone she meets as if she's going to like overthrow the black tower somehow. Yeah. And I was like, does she not realize that she's like not going anywhere here? Well, like, she, I said, I live a long time. So maybe she's thinking like, these guys will all go crazy and blow themselves up in the next five years. And then I'll have a list of names to hunt down the rest. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I thought maybe it was just like something that she's clinging to to kind of keep her sane because 
in her mind, this is the the worst possible well, thing. Well, her and right? Gabrielle being under the power begin of... to actually plot and scheme here. And uh, yeah, it's true. Though I mean, like to what whether that'll be effective is hard to yeah, say. Yeah, right? I, I I don't trust them. I don't trust them. And the yeah. it turns out that the Ashaman I, that were involved with Rand are all listed on the AWOL board. I did yeah. notice that, yeah, including Dashiva. Yeah. On the 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 deserters board, and they're they're that means they're going to be the hung is uh, on the from the traitor tree or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then it, so Tavane is also talking about how she's going to bring down Elida, and all I could think was like, dude, you're going to have to stand in line at this point, <laughs> know, right? You, you are not getting there in time. <laughs> it's like you and what army? No, literally, you and which of these armies that are about to kill Elida? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you have options, really. <laughs> So then we cut to Rand, who is on the lamb with Min. Well, sort of on the lamb. He's back in Kyrian. Well, yeah, he's, he's he went back to Kyrian to wrap up some of the stuff that I guess Robert Jordan forgot to cover at the end of the last book. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I just feel like his his fleeing didn't last very long, right? But you're right. He's like, ah, I yeah, gotta get some He's at the school and Min is collecting a bunch of books from Herodfell's stash, which is great because I think Herodfell is onto something important. I just don't know what. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, think I think we Min still is don't... a good person to follow him. She seems she seems smart. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely like getting getting his his like more uh, abstract stuff. Which uh, hearing it's it's probably a beyond something I'd be able to figure out. Yeah, but well, it's, I know. yeah, I'm a little worried about Min though because something in those books got Herod fell dismantled. Remember by the Golom. That is a good point. But as long as she's hanging out close to Rand, well, I guess the Golom could actually take out Rand, right? Like he doesn't have a he doesn't have a, a mat around to hit it with his right. And yeah. as far as we know, that's the only thing that hurt I him, mean, right? It could yeah. Because like you can't but channel anyway, against him, and that's like all of Rand's stuff, right? Yeah, unless Calendar would somehow work against it. Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't expect so. Um, but anyway, at the academy, they're reinventing the steam engine, hang gliders telescopes, electricity, and paddle wheel boats. <laughs> yeah. I know. I love this. I love the stuff it coming out of here. Cool. Really, this is really It's like, funny. all right, we're going we're gonna to drag this age into the 18th century. <laughs> yeah. This is a, a really productive academia here. You know, they, they need to put out a journal. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I guess he's opening these schools in other places, too. He's talking about opening one up in uh, – opening one in Tyr and Andor. Where else is he – he talks about a few different places he's opening them. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really nifty. Uh, yeah, I, I loved reading that. Uh, but Rand is also catching up on the local gossip, right? He's like, so are they asking about me? Do you think they think I'm cool? I don't know. Yeah. You know, He wants to know what the people think yeah, about him. Yeah, he asked Dobrain, who he's meeting with, his loyal lord, Dobrain, like – so what did the people think happened to that palace wing that blew up two days ago? And Dobrain's like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, they think I'm crazy, don't they? He's like, uh, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not saying anything, man, but you know. So this is something that was bugging me before, and it, it was kind of confirmed here. Uh, so Jeff, you mentioned that in the Black Tower, that those all those names on the, the, the traitor list, uh, including... Flynn, Narishma, and Hopwell. And we got get confirmation in this latter part that they are not among the traitors. They're still in Kyrie right. just hanging yes, out. Yes, but Tame put them on the traitor list. Yeah, that's interesting. And that could, I could see that being a couple different things. It could be that Tame is like cutting ties to the, the dragon in a way, 
or it could be that he suspects that they're evil too. I don't know. Is, is he just like carpet bombing to get all the I, bad? I assume he was just, he's taking over the Black Tower and is working against Rand. Like I, I've been assuming that since he walked in the room like three books ago. I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I can't figure out what is, I can't figure out what his deal is exactly. But at this point, he's still at least paying lip service to Rand through Elaine's stuff, right? Yeah. So I don't know. So Rand's plan is to cleanse Sidon after dealing with Dashiva. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a good idea. Why isn't anyone else thought of that? that Easy peasy. What? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Just yeah. get it. <laughs> I don't know why anyone else hasn't done that you know, in the yeah. last, what, 2,000 years? That's pretty much years? what Nin says, too. And Nin is such a bro. Oh, I know. She's down. She's, like, She's down. got it. Where do we start? So uh, also while he's here, Rand uh, has delivered some mysterious letters uh, from the dragon. And he's, he mentions he's been using his belt to seal the letters. So I, I'm assuming that means he's like he's like air humping the letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that when that way everyone gets to feel a little bit closer to the dragon D, you know? That's right. That's the touch of the dragon D. I, I just thought, love the idea of him using his belt buckle as a sigil. He's like, it makes a pretty good sigil. It's real big. And Rand is going even more crazy. Uh, he's seeing like another face in his head. Yeah, that's not a great sign. But I guess it's just getting crowded in there. Yeah, I mean, at this point, how many, I wonder how many personalities you, like, even sharing it with one other personality seems awfully distracting. There, there are moments when he's talking to Luce Theron, and we're pretty sure he's talking out loud, and everyone's, like, kind of looking yeah. at him. I don't know how that's going to change once he gets more uh, yeah, more it, faces and it, more the heads. The thing does happen in this chapter where he thinks something and somebody responds to him because he said it out loud. Uh-huh. I, that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking of, is, like, while he's sitting there and everyone's kind of looking at him, and he's like, I'm fine. They're like. Okay. <laughs> sure yeah yeah you're i fine. trust these people today Everything's fine. maybe i'll kill them tomorrow what are you guys looking at <laughs> damn it i said the quiet part out loud again yeah. um and that's it rand hides himself off into his uh incognito fleeing lifestyle yeah he's uh going going and hiding again i assume or something. I don't. He. I guess we don't know where he's going, right? Like Min doesn't even know where he's going. He mentions that he's laying all these false trails. He's going to. He's so he went to Ruridian and he told them he was asking a bunch of questions about is it Shara, which is the land beyond the the uh-huh. wastes. And he also went to Tyr and was asking a bunch of questions about like another place. So he's he's attempting to misdirect anyone who's following him. But then he mentions he's going to lay a, a real trail, and he's hoping that the people who are chasing him don't fall for his false trails. It's it's very convoluted logic in my mind. Yeah, it's it's almost like he's crazy. Uh, I, I found <laughs> it a little uh, annoying that he he doesn't think about where he's actually going or what specifically he's going to do to cleanse sight in, and he doesn't think about in his own head who the letters are going to. He just gives them to Dobrain, and Dobrain's like, "Oh, to them, I see. Very interesting." Yeah. It's a very Robert Jordan thing, unfortunately, but it is frustrating because like this, it wouldn't be that bad for us to have a little bit of information about what's going on here. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters one through five of Winter's Heart. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman, and I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonbreed.com. We love hearing from you. And uh, we might answer you on air if you send us a question or something. 
Uh, please share us with anybody you think will like this. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light in the new menu. menu.